Would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians 13? Then we'll be going just back a few pages to 1 Corinthians 12, starting in 2 Corinthians 13, going to 1 Corinthians 12. We began last uh, Friday, I believe it was, a new series entitled The Works and the Ways of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, are you there? 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14 says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the what? The communion of the Holy Ghost. Communion is the word that means fellowship, a sharing in common. It's what happens around the meal table. It's what happens when people sit down and talk and share and enjoy each other's company. Can you fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Can you have communion with Him? Yes, you can. And uh, you can know Him like you know your mother and father, like you know your brother or sister, like you know your husband or wife, like you know your good friend. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a knowable person. Amen. And you can learn his ways. You can learn what he likes, what he doesn't like. Now, uh, just a a thought here, a note, is uh, he doesn't speak of himself. But he reveals what he hears the Father say, what he hears the Lord Jesus say, and he magnifies and glorifies the Lord Jesus. Amen. But he is knowable and he is here with us. Just as real as the person sitting beside you or in front of you. Just as real as any human person you've ever known. How many are hungry and would like to get to know him better? Amen. Like for him to be more real in your life. Well, that's the whole purpose of these teachings and these meetings. So in our last session, we began talking about the person of the Holy Spirit and we said one way to get to know him is to study his, what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. And we looked in Galatians 5 and we saw the fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen. Is the Spirit of God a love spirit? Amen. Joy. You know, uh, no such thing as somebody being full of the Spirit and being depressed. No. Uh-uh. Love, joy, what? Peace. No such thing as being full of the Holy Spirit and being all agitated and frustrated. Did you hear me? Now, if you're full of anxiety and frustration, you're in the flesh. We've all been there. We know what it's like. But that's not the place to stay. That's not the place to live. How many believe we can live in love? We can live in joy. We can live in peace. Long-suffering, he goes on to say. Goodness, gentleness. You know, I've seen preachers sometimes, even preachers that are harsh and hard and just try to excuse it. Say, well, that's just my anointing. Well, no, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's your flesh. Amen. Being ornery and pushy and hard. The Holy Spirit is gentle. Amen. He's gracious. He's a good spirit. Amen. It goes on to talk about faith and meekness and temperance and self-control, all these things teach us about his person. But one thing that we're going to emphasize in this study, we're going to talk about, has to do with his workings. You learn somebody by their work too, don't you? I mean, you can tell a lot about an artist by looking at what they painted or what they sculpted or a welder by what they built or a carpenter by what they built. I mean, and the Holy Spirit's works will reveal his person to us. So let's go on over to uh, the book of Acts. I think I'll go first. Then we'll go to 1 Corinthians 12. The book of Acts and the uh, first chapter again. Uh, In the second chapter, or first chapter rather, as I said, uh, Jesus told the disciples and apostles to wait for the promise of the Father. And so they did. In verse 8, He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
And you'll be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Now notice he didn't say you'll be born again. What did he say? You'll receive power. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is an experience subsequent following salvation. And uh, there are a number of questions that people have about being filled with the Spirit, about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, and particularly about speaking with other tongues. And that's what our subject is tonight. Amen. Because that's what we're reading about, right? Did they speak in tongues here in the book of Acts? Yeah, they did. And uh, we're going to get into that and... Uh, there's some very, very plain answers, and it's speaking in tongues is a very wonderful thing. If you do, you know that. And if you don't, well, you can. Let's keep going. He said, you shall receive power. So on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is the fulfilling of the promise that Jesus talked about, you know, he told the disciples, it's better for you that I go away because when I go away, the Comforter is going to come, the Holy Spirit. And he did come on this day. You know, you hear some people talk about, well, we need to tarry for the Holy Ghost. Or we need to ask the Lord that he will send the Holy Ghost. Well, that's not true. I said, that's not true. He said to them, tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And so they did. They got together and they tarried. They waited. They weren't just waiting on the Holy Spirit to come. They were waiting on this day. He came on a specific day, didn't he? On the day when the day of Pentecost was fully come, then he came, didn't he? And it was in fulfillment of prophecy. It was in fulfillment of what had been typified in the old covenant. And when he came, he came. Amen. And like a rushing mighty wind, cloven tongues like as a fire. And listen to me carefully now. He's been here ever since. He has not left. And I'll just be frank with you. It's really unscriptural. To pray and to beg or to sing, Lord, send the Holy Ghost. He did. And he came. And he's here. And he hasn't gone anywhere. So when people think they're waiting on the Holy Spirit for him to come so that they can be filled, it's not true. He's waiting on them to receive. He's been here. Ever since the day of Pentecost, and now anyone who would want to receive his fullness does not have to wait, but just receive. Can you say amen? amen? Now when they received, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke with other tongues, didn't they? Let's look at it again. Acts 2, 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, who did the speaking with tongues? They did. This is a common misconception. Uh, in fact, you know, I grew up in a Pentecostal church where tarrying was taught. <laughs> and I did a lot of tarrying in my day, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's a testimony there. Maybe I'll get into it at some point. But, but uh, one thing that hindered me and held me up was that I kept saying, well, now, if you ever hear me talk in tongues, it won't be me. Hmm? I said that, and if I said it once, I must have said it 50 times. And as long as I thought that way, and as long as I believed that way, I never spoke with tongues. 
Because if we ever hear you speak with tongues, it will be you speaking with tongues. It won't be your brother. It won't be your sister. It'll be you. Somebody said, well, no, no, I want it to be the Holy Ghost. You want the Holy Ghost to be filled with the Holy Ghost? No, I want to receive the, well, you want the Holy Ghost to talk in tongues. That's not what it says. It says they did. This is not an isolated instance. You'll see it again and again and again. It says they spoke. They spoke. And uh, maybe I'll go into that later about how the Lord finally helped me. I went years struggling, didn't know how to receive, tarried untold amounts of time. I did. You know, there's some nights during we'd have revival and I'd go down to the front. I'd start tarrying about nine o'clock, sometimes three in the morning. I'd still be there tarrying. Just didn't know any better, you know, tarrying. And finally, when I did receive, you know what I stopped and thought and said? I thought, "Uh uh-uh, it can't be this easy. And yet it was. So people make things too hard. I said, they make it too hard. Of course, the enemy will help you to confuse you and get you thinking it's so hard. And it's not hard. Somebody says, well, yeah, but you don't understand me. You know, my case is different. No, your case is not different. It's just wrong thinking. Well, I'm a hard case. Well, if you want to be stubborn and analytical and I think you have to figure everything out, well, it's just a matter of not being ready to yield. But no, this is for everybody that will receive and will yield. And if you want, have wanted to receive in these areas, and for whatever reason, like me, you may be, you know, I'm telling you, I went for years and didn't receive. And it was just my own wrong thinking. But here, just a word, if you want to receive in these areas, just don't quit, okay? Don't give up. Amen? Uh, for one thing, we can help you with some of these things. I've, we learned some things the hard way. You wouldn't have to go this way. But anyway, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now let's keep reading because all this talks about tongues through this whole passage. It says, there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, verse 5, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, in Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretes, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Amen. So what were they saying in these tongues? Think about it. You know, there's two or three instances in the scripture that tells us what people were saying in the other tongues, in the unknown tongues. They were talking about how wonderful God is. Amen. The wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed. Everybody say amazed. Now this situation of tongues was a sign. A sign to these people. And they were all amazed and they say, what does this mean? And the passage goes on. Skip down to verse 38. After Peter had preached to them a bit, Peter said to them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children. And to what? Not a few. All that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. How many is this for? Everybody. Everybody that will receive. Now, there are questions that people have about this. I'm going to ask the questions and begin to answer them as we go. Did you realize, and just back over to, uh, hold your place there, and go to Mark, the 16th chapter, Mark 16. Did you know that speaking with tongues is one of the signs that's to follow believers? It is one of the indicators of the modern believer. 
In Mark, the 16th chapter, he said, go into all the world, verse 15, end of the chapter, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be damned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. How many believe all believers have authority? In the name of Jesus. Is that just for some believers? Is that for all believers? All believe, not just preachers, all believers. And what's next? They will speak with new tongues. How many is that for? So you can't just take out one of these. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. Now you have to interpret scripture in the light of other scripture. This is not an encouragement to go handle snakes. We don't have any references in the rest of the New Testament to people purposely handling snakes. We do have an instance where Paul was bitten not because he was handling a snake. One jumped out of the fire and bit him. You remember that over in the book of Acts? And it did not hurt him. That's the kind of thing it's talking about. That's supernatural, isn't it? Does that kind of protection belong to every child of God? It does. Everybody. They'll lay hands on the sick. And what will happen? Does that belong to every believer? See these, I mean, does going into the world and preaching the gospel to every creature, that belongs to every believer. Every one of these belongs to every believer. Now, when you come up to things like this, you, you know, I know I was there. Speaking with tongues, healing, miracles, uh, the gifts of the Spirit. Then you have a choice to make. When you look at it, and if you don't have it that in your life, if you don't do that, then you have a choice. When you see it, you have to say, well, that's not for us today. And you have to give reasons or excuses why it's not for us today or why it's not for everybody. Or you can humble yourself and say, Lord, they had it. I'm supposed to have it. Amen. 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 We're in the same church, right, that they're in, same Holy Ghost they had. Why shouldn't we have the same experiences they had? And you have a choice. You either water down the Bible to match your lack of experience or you believe God to raise your experience to match the Bible. Can you say amen? I'm so glad I, you know, I, especially with my wrong thinking, I had plenty of opportunities to quit and give up because I didn't understand. Oh, but I just made up my mind, uh-uh, no. And I was as broke as about anybody you would want to meet. But I saw in the word that prosperity belongs to us. Amen. And I made up my mind that I'm going to have it. If Jesus bought it and he paid for it and I'm supposed to have it, if they had it in the New Testament, I'm supposed to have it. And I stayed after it. Amen. And praise God, some of those things that I didn't have, now I do. We're progressing. So it's up to you. You know, you have to make up your own mind. Do you water down the word and say it's not for us? Make excuses why you don't have it. Or do you believe God to raise you up? Amen. Now notice they shall speak with new tongues. In fact, go on now to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter where you were going. Now as we talk about some of these things, if some of this is new to you, please don't get upset. Uh, We're not going to try to push anything off on anybody. Okay? And somebody said, do I have to speak with tongues? No, no, you don't. It's a privilege. Amen. Amen. Do I need, does everybody need to? Everybody needs to. Oh, yeah. Does everybody need power to be a witness? Yeah, yeah. And there's other things we're going to get into. But in 1 Corinthians 12, we're told about the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit. In verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, now concerning spirituals, actually the literal, the Greek says spirituals, and the word gifts is in italics, it's not there. Concerning spirituals, you might say it like this, concerning things of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit of God. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And anytime the Lord warns you about being ignorant, you can know that there was, why would he say it? Right? I mean, there is gross ignorance about these things in the church right now today. You know 
Well, let me just stop right there. He said spiritual things. He's not talking about natural things. And the reason I say that is because people try to make these things natural. They're not natural. They're spiritual. I'll explain. He said in verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, or the margin says ministries. Differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation, the word manifestation means something that is shown forth, something that is revealed. Also the word expressed is used, something that is expressed. The Holy Spirit is an unseen one, but he expresses himself. Amen. And he reveals himself, and pretty much anything that he does, it falls under the category of these next nine things that he mentions. Amen. Keep reading. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. To how many? Every. How many can expect to have these kind of things in their life? Every, every individual can have supernatural, spiritual manifestations. Amen. Amen. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another divers kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But all these works that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally or individually as he wills or will. Now there are people who try to make these natural things. And they'll say, well, let me just give you this illustration or this instance rather. Anybody familiar with... uh, Dr. John Osteen of Houston, his son Joel now is, is the pastor there, and instead he's gone home to be with the Lord. Well, he was a Baptist minister for many years, loved God, and had good success. And he got, uh, before he began to get into some of these things, he later wound up getting filled and speaking with tongues and preaching all these things. But before he did, he was going to preach against this one day. So he got up and he took this text and he said, now, you know, this wisdom, that's just men have wisdom. God gives wisdom to people and knowledge and this tongues, that's some people have linguistic ability. They can learn a lot of different languages and uh, the gifts of healings, that's the doctors. And he was explaining and finally he got in the middle of it then working the miracles and he kind of got stumped and he said, well, he said, uh, folks. You know everything I've said? Just forget it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just just forget it. You know, that's more humility than a lot of people have. Next thing you know, the Lord led him into the fullness of all this, and he understood what it was. These things are not natural. Thank God for doctors. But that's not what he's talking about when he says gifts of healing. Thank God for people that... You know, have grace and wisdom and discernment. But that's not what he's talking. These are spiritual, supernatural manifestations. Think about the linguistic thing. They'll speak with new tongues. Do Christians have a higher proportion of being bilingual or trilingual? No. No. That's not what he's talking about. What is speaking with tongues? Speaking with tongues is supernatural utterance in a tongue that is unknown to the speaker. You articulate and you speak a language that is unknown to your mind. That's what they did, and it's still available today. How many understood the Apostle Peter spoke in tongues? Did he? The Apostle John spoke in tongues, didn't he? Matthew spoke in tongues. Mark spoke in tongues. Luke spoke in tongues. Bartholomew spoke in tongues. Thomas spoke. How many know the Philippians spoke in tongues? The Corinthians definitely spoke in tongues, right? There's indication that every group that these letters were written to spoke in tongues. Did you hear me? 
And if you'll study church history, there's always been groups of people from that day to this who have spoken in tongues. It has not been done away with. Did you hear me? It has not passed away. But there's some questions that we need to ask and answer. Skip on down here in the last part of this 12th chapter. He said, verse 27, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. Now let's just stop right there. What is he talking about? Is he not talking about ministries? Is the apostle a ministry? And teachers, isn't that a ministry? And prophets, after that, miracles. Are there people who have a ministry of miracles? Yeah. Gifts of healings. Are there people who have healing ministry? Yes, there is. Was then, has been all the way between then and now, is now. He talks about helps. Are there ministries of helps? Oh, thank God for the ministry of helps. I mean, if I'd had to cut all the grass and clean all the bathrooms... And vacuum the carpet. I wouldn't have been ready for the service tonight. And governments. The pastoral office would come under that one too. Governments. Now notice the next one. What? Diversities of tongues. Everybody say different kinds. Now this is where a lot of the confusion has come in. Because people have not understood that there are different kinds of tongues. He goes on to say, are all apostles? What's the answer? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Now let me just back up. Could you teach somebody something you learned in God? Yeah. But that doesn't make you a teaching gift. Could you believe God for a miracle? All things are possible to him that believes. But that doesn't mean you have a ministry of working the miracles. Have all the gifts of healing. What's the answer? No. But can all be healed? Yeah. Now here's the next question. Do all speak with tongues? What's the answer there? No. And next question. Do all interpret? What's the answer? No. Tell me again. What's he talking about? A ministry. Now, see, some people have seized upon this and said, well, now, see there, not everybody's going to speak in tongues. The Bible says, no, no, not everybody has a ministry of speaking in tongues and interpreting. But that does not mean that speaking with tongues in the private life is not for everybody. Different kinds of tongues. Now, the first kind, let's talk about three kinds of tongues this evening. It's a bigger subject than that, but let's talk about that. The first kind is what we saw in the book of Acts, this second chapter. We'll call them sign tongues. These tongues were for a sign. This doesn't happen all the time. It's not supposed to happen all the time. And because of it, it caused some confusion with them that Paul, by the Spirit later, had to correct in a letter. Because they were talking in tongues all the time, and it was chaotic. But see, that's how they started out, right? The Holy Ghost fell, and they're all speaking with tongues. Now, in the sign tongue, in fact, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, you do understand this entire 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, most of it deals with speaking with tongues and prophecy. Well, I'm moving a little bit too fast. On your way to 14, stop by 13. (laughs) It's on your way. 13.8. He talked about love. And he said, love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. And whether there be tongues, they shall cease. And whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Some of the same opponents of speaking in tongues that say, you know, well, it says, do all speak with tongues? And the answer is no. They'll say, well, the Bible says tongues have have ceased. They have passed away. Well, now you can't just pull that out of all the rest of them 
and make a different meaning. Have all the prophecies failed? Huh? Are prophecies still being fulfilled? Yes. Has knowledge vanished away? No. Well, then how can you say tongues have already ceased? No. Mm -mm. And in the 14th chapter, he is talking about tongues and interpretation and prophecy. Would the Lord give us an entire chapter in the New Testament about something that only applied to a few people for a few days? Have you thought about that? Did he give us this chapter for us to read it and go, wow, that must have been neat. Being able to speak in tongues. and Of course, that's all passed away. No, it's not. People have made excuses for what they don't have in their life. And watered down the word to match their lack of experience. No, I assure you, speaking with tongues is for today. Being healed is for today. Having miracles is for today. Amen. I mean, that's part of being a Christian. Is believing in, I mean, if you don't believe in miracles, then you're not even a Christian. Because the virgin birth is a miracle. Amen. Being raised from the dead, Jesus is a miracle. Right? And I know there are people, people with all kinds of degrees on the end of their name. And they say, well, that's not a literal being raised from the dead. It's just symbolic. And the virgin birth, that's impossible. That's just a myth. But he was a good man. These people are lost. They're not even saved. I know that's strong, but it's a fact. There's some things that are non-negotiable. I mean, if you don't believe in healing, that's okay. We love you. We can still go to heaven together. You don't believe in talking in tongues. We can still go to heaven together. But you must believe in the virgin birth. You must believe in him being literally, physically raised from the dead. Elsewise, you're not even born again. Somebody say, well, we're all God's children. and We're all in the family of God. No, we're not. No, there are two families in the earth. There is the family of God. God is the father. There's the family of the devil. And the only way out of the devil's family is to be born again. And you're born again when you believe on Jesus that he has been raised from the dead and you make him the Lord of your life. That's miraculous. Do you understand all that? No, you don't. But you can believe it. I said you can believe it. Do you believe people can speak with tongues? You can believe. You don't have to understand it. You can believe it. How could God heal you? Just take it by faith. That's what faith is all about. Amen. Try to be too analytical and you'll miss out. You know, like a minister friend of mine used to say, his little boy, he never could figure out how a brown cow could eat green grass and give white milk and you churn it and make yellow butter. He tried and he could not figure that out. But all the while he's trying to figure it out, he's a drinking the milk and a eating the butter. Amen. You don't have to understand it all, but you must believe it if you want to enjoy it. Now, on down into the 14th chapter, like I said, this entire 14th chapter deals with this subject of speaking with tongues and prophecy. Surely it's for us today. He wouldn't give us all this instruction for something that's passed away. But this notice in, uh, let's see, verse 19, let's begin. In the church, he said, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding, but in malice be children, in understanding be men. In the law it's written, with other tongues and other lips will I speak to this people, and yet for all that will they not hear me. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Let's just stop right there. Something that will help you tremendously in understanding this verse is if you'll write the phrase in your margin, without interpretation. Tongues without interpretation are for a what? A sign. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They were all speaking with tongues, and there was no interpretation. But these people heard them in their language and understood what they were saying, didn't they? That's a sign. 
We're talking about different kinds of tongues now. That's a sign tongue. That has happened again. There are some amazing testimonies of people who were missionaries sent to other lands. And, you know, there was some critical situation that they had, they didn't know the language and there was nobody there. And there's numerous accounts of people preaching the gospel to a crowd in a language they never learned. Never had an idea. Amen. How many believe God could still do things like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you're not going to live like that. Somebody said, well, I want the Lord to do that so I don't have to learn the language. No. You and everybody else wishes that. But no, that doesn't work like that. And it doesn't happen all the time. And this is for a sign to whom? Unbelievers. This is not for your regular church service. Because your church service, most people are believers there. A sign tongue. Now, no doubt when this happened, then all these people are talking in tongues. And maybe they're thinking this is just going to happen all the time. That they're just going to talk in tongues and other people are going to understand what they say. And apparently they were talking in tongues all the time and there was no interpretation and it was out of order. And that's what Paul, by the Spirit, began to tell them. No, now in the church, you're better off just saying a few words that people can understand than all these words in tongues and people don't understand. And he began to teach them about the different kinds of tongues. Everybody say sign tongues. Are you clear on that one? Now, is everybody going to have that all the time? No, No, they're not. No. Is that going to happen in the church all the time? No. No. In a church service like this, if I get up and give a message in tongues, or somebody else gives a message in tongues, what's supposed to happen next? It's supposed to be interpreted. Because elsewise, it doesn't benefit the audience. But does that mean that I can't speak in tongues at home? And without interpretation. No, that's a different thing. That's a different kind of a tongue. And he says, do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Do all have a ministry of speaking in tongues and interpreting and revelation coming out? No, no. But yet, does that mean that it's not available to all to build their self up in their private time praying in the Spirit? It is available to all. Back up a little bit, if you would, in that 14th chapter. Verse 1, he said, follow after love or charity and desire spirituals. Again, the word gifts in italics, spiritual things, but rather that you may prophesy. Now, tongues and interpretation and prophecy are very similar. All of them are inspired utterance. Speaking in an unknown tongue is inspired utterance in a tongue your head doesn't know. Interpretation is interpreting what was said in the tongue. Not translation. Interpretation. We'll talk about that a little bit later. It's not a word-for-word translation. It is rather an interpreting of what was said in the tongue. Prophecy is inspired utterance, but it's in the tongue you know. And if you read the rest of this chapter, you'll see that tongues with interpretation is pretty much equal to prophecy. Because right. the same thing is happening. Let's keep reading. He said, follow after love and desire spirituals, but rather that you may prophesy. Why would prophesying be so good in the church service? It's in a tongue we know. People can understand it. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Some people mock and scoff and say, what good is all that gibberish, all that, you know, mumbling and jumbling? And all? What good is all that? Well, you better watch what you make fun of. Amen. Hmm? We're reading scriptures here. Amen. The early church spoke in tongues. All the apostles spoke in tongues. Amen. Here's a wonderful benefit. He that's speaking in the spirit in an unknown tongue is speaking to God. Is there any benefit to talking to God? And no man understands him. So it is scriptural for you not to understand what you said. <laughs> so what good is that if you don't understand it? Keep reading. In the spirit you're speaking mysteries 
divine secrets. Glory to God. You know, one of our biggest weaknesses is our lack of knowledge as human beings. There's just so much we don't know. How can you pray about the future? How can you pray about all the will of God? There's so, you can't pray with your mentality about everything that needs to be prayed and said. You just know so little. But thank God the Holy Spirit can help you. And through supernatural utterance, you can pray about things you had not a clue needed to be prayed about. Amen. You can pray out divine mysteries. Pray out divine secrets. How many believe talking secrets with God could be beneficial? (laughs) Yeah. I said, yeah. How many need this? Do everybody need this? Everybody needs this. Everybody. Keep reading. But he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, to building up, and to exhortation and comfort. Because prophecy is inspired utterance in the known tongue. He that speaks in an unknown tongue does what? Edifies himself. Here's another benefit. Speaking with other edify means build up. Like an edifice, like you're building up a building. Or some writers compare it to being charged up, like a battery is charged up. How many believe you could use a good charge from God? See, that's what he said. You shall receive power. After the, didn't say after the Holy Ghost has come in you. The Holy Spirit is in you in the new birth. He said after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Amen. He that speaks in an unknown tongue does what? Edifies, builds up himself. That's what I do all the time. I said I do that a whole thank God for it. Amen. I mean, I like this evening, this afternoon, I studied and I looked at my notes and I read some things. But eventually, I closed my books and I went in the bedroom and shut the door and just laid down there and got quiet and just prayed in the Spirit and built up myself. Amen? I said, built up myself. It's tangible. I said, it's tangible. You get to feeling weak. You get to feeling tired. You get to feeling run down. How many believes everybody needs this supernatural ability to build yourself up? Glory to God. Turn to Jude and let's let's remind ourselves, or or if you don't know this verse, let's look at it. Anybody know where Jude's at? Just one chapter in Jude. Hold your place there where you were in 1 Corinthians if you hadn't lost it already. Jude, if you don't, go to Revelation and back up one page and you'll be there. Book of Jude, just one chapter. Are you there? Verse 20. Jude one twenty says, But you, beloved, doing what? Building up who? Now see, he's drawing a difference. He says, when you prophesy, that can build up the hearer, other people. But when you're speaking in tongues, that builds you up. Building up who? Yourselves. On your most holy faith. Praying how? In the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Building up yourself. Yeah, let me read that. Hold that out to me. The Amplified's good on that. It says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Making progress. Rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Glory. Is that any benefit? People say, what good is all that talking in tongues stuff? Well, (laughs) if we just stop right there, that ought to be enough. Amen. Talking directly to God. Talking secrets out beyond your mind. Building up yourself on your faith. I mean, what more would you need to say, yeah, sign me up. Amen. (laughs) Back to 1 Corinthians 14, please. Now, again, if you're not sure about what we're talking about tonight, don't be upset. I'm not going to be upset with you. If you say, I don't believe it, Brother Keith. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. Okay, fine. Great. I still love you. Amen. 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 You're still most welcome. Amen. We'll praise God together. Go to heaven together. Amen. But you'll miss out on something good right here, right now. (laughs) It's the truth. You know, how many understand somebody 
with experience is not at the expense of somebody with a theory. Hmm? I said somebody with experience in the area is not at the expense of somebody who has a theory. People who don't speak in tongues have a theory that it's not for everybody. I was a Christian for years who did not speak with tongues. Now for many years I have been a Christian who does speak with tongues. I know the difference. Amen. And I know the reason I didn't receive for years wasn't because it wasn't for me. It's because I had wrong thinking. Amen. Didn't know how to receive. And I also know that with is much better. Amen. Amen. So what if you'd have died before you spoke in tongues? Would you have been saved? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just as saved as can be. But missing out on power. I said missing out on power. Missing out on a level of fellowship with God. And entrance into the supernatural. Same supernatural that was available to the book of Acts church. Amen. We haven't lost anything. God hasn't weakened. Hadn't taken anything away from us that he gave to them. How many believe we got the same Holy Spirit? Part of the same church. We ought to have the same experiences. Amen. Even more so. Even more so. I think some of you believe this. Good. Good. Hallelujah. Okay, number one, we said there is the tongue that is a sign tongue. That's what happened in the book of Acts. Not everybody's going to have that. In fact, that is the exception. You know, you might go all your life and never see that. It wouldn't mean you're unspiritual. But that is happening. It's happening where people need it. Amen. And it's happening as a sign to unbelievers to pull them in. It could happen in you if you needed it for a situation. Stay prayed up and full of the Spirit. Amen. But don't just walk up to somebody and speak to them in tongues and expect them to understand it. Hmm? Right? And if you jump up in a church and you're going to give a message in tongues, you need to be prepared immediately to interpret it when you quit. Did you hear me? Now, that's not my talking. That's what the Word says. But you can talk in tongues all day and night in your own home and not interpret a word of it. And it's just great and good and fine. You're just building yourself up. Can you say amen? Uh, in fact, let me just finish reading this while we're here. In verse uh, 23, 1 Corinthians 14, 23. If the whole church be come together into one place and all speak with tongues, again, it might help you to write in the margin, without interpretation. Might help you to understand this. If everybody's speaking in tongues and there's no interpretation, and there comes in people who are unlearned, they don't understand these things, and they're unbelievers, won't they say that you're crazy? They'll say, that's wacky. And we have been called some of those things because of some mistakes that the people made. But if all prophesy, what's prophecy? Inspired utterance in a known tongue. It's inspired, but it's in the language we understand. Do you understand that when he talks about tongues, back up to chapter 13. Chapter 13, verse 1, he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Now, he's talking about speaking in any of the tongues that might be on the planet or might have been in history. And tongues that the angels speak. Now the reason I bring this out is because it is scriptural for you not to understand these tongues. Isn't it? He said no man understands him. But he's speaking to God. Have you ever heard some of the languages of the earth? And thought, man, is that a language? Have you ever done that? I have listened to some language of a remote tribe. And you think, wow, is that a language? Because it just sounds like odd sounds. Well, who would know what angelic tongues sound like? Who's qualified to say? The reason I bring this up is because people stumble at this. When they're endeavoring to receive their self. And if they by faith begin to speak. Then they want to listen with their ears. And try to hear what they say. And then analyze it and see if that's a tongue or not. You are not qualified to decide. You do not have the understanding. You don't even know what all the tongues of men sound like, much less angelic tongues. 
So do not listen and try to analyze yours or anybody else speaking in tongues to see if you think it really is a tongue. You don't know. You couldn't know. Just speak by faith. Amen. And believe that God hears you. Like the scripture says. And believe that you're speaking divine mysteries. Now let's keep reading. In verse 24, if all prophesy and there comes in one that believes not and one unlearned, he's convinced of all, he's judged of all, the secrets of his heart are made manifest, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Revelation comes out in inspired utterance. How is it then, brothers, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. This is a description of a spirit-filled church. Amen. Amen. Everybody doesn't just come in empty and worn out from the week and plop down on the seat and go, please give us something. We're dry. If you go around your house all the time, if you ride around in your car all the time, speaking in tongues, speaking in the Spirit, singing in the Spirit, lay across your bed, fellowshipping with God, you'll get things. I said, you'll get things. You'll get revelation. Amen. You'll get a psalm. You'll get a song. You'll get something. And what if everybody came together and had something? The whole bunch came together, filled up, just bubbling. Preach to you if you'll stand still. Sing to you if you'll be still. Say, man, listen to this song I got in the shower this morning. Glory to God. And you don't have to be able to sing to do this. This is a description of the Spirit-filled life. When you're full of the Spirit, you have things. Amen? You get things. Revelation. Songs. Strength. But now notice what he said in verse 26. He said, all of you has got something. That's great. That's good. But let it all be done unto edifying. It's not supposed to be chaotic. It's not supposed to be everybody doing their own thing. You can do your own thing at home. Right? But when we come together, what happens from the platform, what happens over the microphone, is supposed to edify everybody. Amen. And build up everybody. And this is one way you can tell whether something is really of the Spirit or it's just flesh. Flesh draws attention to the person. The Spirit glorifies Jesus and edifies. Amen. If you hear something that's supposed to be a tongue and interpretation or prophecy or some of these things, and it's just flat and it's just makes you look at them, then that's not God. That's just them. I said, that's just them. People can make a mistake. But when it is God, it lifts you. I said, it lifts you. And it glorifies Jesus. Now, I must tell you ahead of time, when people get a hold of these things and they begin to step out and practice these things, mistakes will be made. There's nobody that just knows all about this starting out. The thing is, you got to be teachable. I said, you got to be teachable. You can't get your feelings hurt. We're going to have the gifts of the Spirit in this church. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk in tongues. We're going to have prophecy. We're going to have revelation. But it's going to be right. Amen. I'd rather have nothing than to have false stuff. Did you hear me? Than to have junk. And I didn't just start yesterday. I don't know everything, but I know a few things. Amen. And if it's not right, I'll have to say something about it or do something with it. And that's all right. I'm glad that somebody would be trying to learn. But you got to be willing to say, okay, all right, I won't do it that way. I'll do it this way or I'll hold it. I don't know how many times in services I've gotten things in a service. Gotten a new song, gotten revelation, and never gave it out. I'm going to say, why? It wasn't a place for it. It just wasn't right. I wasn't in charge of the service, and it wasn't acknowledged, and it wasn't a place for it. Did you hear me? I said, well, i got to do what the Holy Ghost tells me to do. Oh, no. Uh Uh-uh. No. You need to read this. Amen. No. Things are supposed to be done unto edifying. Amen. Let's keep reading and look. He said, verse 27, If any man speak in a tongue, let it be by two or at the most three. Now, that's not necessarily utterances. That's people. People. 
and let one interpret. Can you see he's talking about people? But if there be no interpreter, do what? Let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Somebody said, what would you do with those things that you got that you never gave out? I just enjoyed them myself. <laughs> I just sing them to myself on the way home. <laughs> Amen. And what I would do a lot of times in these situations is I'd say, Lord, if you want me to give this out, then you deal with the leaders. They know God and show me a place for it. And if it's up to you. Amen. But God is not in to people storming the platform and grabbing mics. Did you hear me say, hey, I got something from God. I've got to do this. No, you do not. No, no, no. Uh -uh. No. No. Keep reading. I didn't make this up. Keep reading. Let the prophets speak two or three. Now get this. And let the other do what? Even people who are legitimate prophets. What they say should be judged. Judged by the written word and judged by other people who have the Holy Ghost. How many understand that one or two of us are not the only ones who have the Holy Spirit? We all have Him. And we should be able to recognize Him. Tongues and interpretation should be judged. Prophecy should be judged. Now you see people get upset. When you talk about judging what they say. What I'm preaching to you tonight should be judged. Every message I preach to you, every song we sing, you judge it. So so how? By this book. If it disagrees with any part of this book, then you don't accept that part. Right? right. And also judge it by the Holy Spirit in you. Now really, a good church that's spirit-filled should have some things going on. But when somebody does do something, whether it's the leadership or somebody in the congregation, when they do, really all of us should be sitting there listening or watching and checking our heart. And when they get through, we all go. (laughs) Or we might go. Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand what I mean by that? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that bears witness with me, man. Yeah, that's what the scripture teaches. That's what I got in my heart. Uh, Where did that come from? I mean, that, uh uh-uh. No, right. Yeah. Right? Because people can miss it. In fact, people can be right on the first half and wrong on the last half. Somebody says, what do you mean? The Holy Ghost doesn't mistakes? He sure doesn't. But he's manifesting through imperfect vessels. Amen. And that's why even prophets, now prophet would have a higher anointing in some of these areas, but even somebody who, not just somebody who said they were a prophet, somebody who really is. What they're saying that they see and what they're prophesying should be, according to this verse, judged. Right? Right? And if somebody gets huffy with you and says, well, you can't judge that, that's from God. Well, you know they're not right. I don't care who it is. It should be judged. Amen. Amen. And if you do mess up and you make a mistake, well, don't get upset and don't quit. Say, no, I'm going to stay with this till I learn how to do this. Amen. Amen. Be teachable. You know, the scripture says, don't despise prophesying. Remember that? First Thessalonians, despise not prophecy. And you know why he said that? Because there was probably so much off stuff, just like you see in some places today. People jumping up saying, yea, thus saith the Lord. And it was no more the Lord than anybody else. It was just them. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, people had a prayer meeting sometime back and, and these folk uh, jumped. Some people weren't there. They were late. And they jumped up and said, yay, thus saith the Lord, they're not coming. <laughs> well, in just a few minutes, they heard the gravel moving in the parking lot. They, they saw, so they jumped back up and said, yay, thus saith the Lord. They changed their mind. They'll be pulling in any minute. Everybody do like this. But you don't throw rocks at people. That's right. Amen. Because have you done better? No. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of folks that want to be so hard and judgmental have never stepped out. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you going to say so much about it? You know, uh, one lady got up one time in another prayer meeting. She said, Yea, thus saith the Lord, my little children, don't be afeard. 
But if you do get afeard, that's okay. I get afeard myself sometimes. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> How many know that can't be God? God has never been afeard. He's not going to get afeard. <laughs> but bless this woman's heart, you know, she that was in her heart and mind, and she thought that was God. But do you understand what I'm talking about? These things must be judged. I don't care who comes to you on the street, or I don't care if it's me. If I prophesy something to you, you judge it by this book, and you judge it by the witness in your own heart. And if it doesn't bear witness with you, don't accept it and don't act on it. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Trust Him in yourself. Can you say amen? I've seen people make horrible mistakes. So-and-so prophesied to them they should marry somebody. Didn't even know them. And they did. Just messed up their life. So-and-so prophesied that they should go in business with someone. They should make a certain. Particularly watch when somebody's prophesying money out of your pocket into theirs. That shouldn't be too hard to judge, right? <laughs> it's happened, though. It's happened so many times. Amen. <laughs> Somebody says, yeah, but they know some things, they knew some things that nobody else could know. That doesn't mean it's God. Now there is this phenomenon that is really getting a lot of interest, has been, and it's just gaining the momentum about, you know, people communing with the dead. Do you understand as Christians, we are forbidden, forbidden to do such things. We ought not even watch it. Did you hear me now? So I said, well, how do they know these things? They'd have to have talked to these dead people. No, they don't. When people die, they do not hang around the planet. They do not hang around in the attic and rattle chains. They don't. I don't care what anybody says. When you die, you go up or you go down. You don't stay here on the surface of the planet. And they say, well, yeah, but then these, these people saw something. They heard something. I don't doubt that. But it looked just like them. Listen, it's called familiar spirits. Spirits who were familiar with these people. They knew things about them. Well, they talked about that they were in somebody X amount of generations ago. They're talking to a demon. You get away from it. Did you hear me? Yeah, but they know still. I know, but it doesn't mean it's God. Right? No. And yet, there is supernatural revelation in God. It's called the word of knowledge. It's called the word of wisdom. We're going to be talking about that probably not tonight. Everybody say other tongues are for us today. Let's keep reading. He said, if anything be revealed to another that sits by, let the first hold his peace. For you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted. Now here's another thing. How many can speak in tongues in the New Covenant? All. How many can prophesy in the New Testament? Same answer. But people have a misconception about what prophecy is. When you say prophecy, people think predicting the future. And that's pretty much all people know about it. Well, no. All may prophesy. I gave you the definition already. Let's give it again. Prophecy is inspired utterance in a known tongue or language. How many can speak by inspiration? Something that's not coming out of your head. It just comes out of your heart. You didn't think it up. You're inspired. All may prophesy. In fact, Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You ever seen somebody get up and testify? And maybe they, some people had it all planned and everything else. But somebody got up and began to tell what the Lord did for them. And it just begins to come out of their heart. And it's anointed. And it blesses people. That is prophecy. That is simple prophecy. Now there's other levels of this. How many can do that? How many can have that? And that doesn't just edify you. It edifies the hearers. Because it's in a language that people understand. I know I'm giving you a lot tonight. But that's all right. We gotta. I'll go over some of these things again. But uh, if you're not sure about it. That's all right. Don't take my word for it. Get in this book. Amen. Study it. Try to look at it very objectively. Keep reading though. 
He said, and the spirits of the prophets are what? So when people say, I couldn't help it, I had to do it. I had to give that out. I had to interrupt the service. I had to. Is that true? No, it is not true. Even somebody who is a legitimate prophet does not have to. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Amen. As in all churches of the saints. Praise God. Let's talk about real quickly in closing about this, uh, the last kind. Now, I didn't cover it uh, specific. I did cover it, but I didn't say it when I was covering it. The first kind of tongue we talked about was a sign tongue. The second kind I touched on, I didn't necessarily say it that way, is a ministry tongue. Remember we read there in 1 Corinthians 12.30. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And he couples that with apostles and prophets and teachers. Do all have the ministry of speaking in tongues and interpreting? No. There's a ministry tongue. Everybody say different kinds. Different kinds of tongues. You see that phrase two or three times in this 12th chapter and in the 14th here. Thirdly, and this is the one we'll close with. We've already talked about it some. But it is what I'll call the devotional tongue. The devotional tongue. We've read about it. Read it again in verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He that speaks in an unknown tongue does what? Speaks not unto men. He speaks unto God. No man understands him, but in the Spirit he is speaking mysteries. You know, I, one fellow, bless his heart, just ignorant about these things, he said, you know, the Apostle Paul had a dim view of speaking with tongues. He said that he'd rather speak just a few words in his understanding than all 10,000 words in all those tongues. Well, that's taking it out of context. Let's look at another verse. Verse 18. This is the Apostle Paul. He said this. Are you reading? I thank my God. I what? I speak with tongues more than the Corinthian bunch that had an excess that he had to correct that that's all they wanted to do when they got to church. But what's the next phrase? Yet in the church. So he did a whole lot of speaking in tongues, but he did it in his private life, didn't he? He did it as a devotional between him and God. And we all need, we've talked about the benefits of this. Building yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying out mysteries. Amen. The Spirit helps our weaknesses, our infirmities, the Bible says. Because we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But He, hallelujah, makes intercession according to the will of God. Praying out the will of God. Praying out mysteries. Building up yourself. Tell me who this is for. Did God give this wonderful ability to pray out secrets and build yourself up just to a special few and withhold it from the rest of the body? No, he did not. I said, no, he did not. I tell you, I know you may have heard differently, but this is available to every believer. Every child of God has a right to be filled to overflowing with the same Holy Spirit that you're born of. Amen. But a different dimension. An empowering of the Spirit from on high. Glory to God coming on you. Giving you utterance. Anointing you to be a strong witness. Giving you supernatural things in your life. How many believe we can have miracles just like the book of Acts? We can see healings just like the book of Acts. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, why don't you? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.